hello, everyone. This is Balls to the Wall, episode number 28. I'm Kenny Matthews, my co-partner in crime here, Billy Martin Jr. How are you doing this afternoon, buddy? Are you kidding me? We're, we're one of my favorite times of the year. Tournaments going on. Hockey, basketball, baseball's getting ready to start. Life's good, man. Yes, it is. It is one of those wonderful times. I'm used to around April 1st, though, it being the opening day of baseball, but um, it's just going to be a tad bit later this year, starting on the 7th, but we are going to have an opening day, so that's the big thing we're going to take from that, <laughs> as you got to watch a little baseball last week out there in Arizona and got to have some fun with some peanuts and popcorn and a little great game action, and you said, from what we said off camera here, it was relatively normal which is the big thing for me oh it, it was I, you know like i told you earlier I, I found myself looking around because I, I went to two spring games that the cubs were at one at their park and and one at in surprise and of course the cubs have such a huge following that their, their games were always packed but that added some ambiance for me just being in a packed baseball stadium, uh, I got to admit it was it was good. But I, there's still that little bit of little bit of COVID phobia. Every time somebody coughs or something, you find yourself going, "Oh gosh, oh yeah, where's my temporary mask?" And uh, <laughs> well, but, it seems you got away from Arizona just in time because over the weekend they were having temperatures in the hundreds at some of those, those spring training games last week, and I was yeah. Going, Whoa, <laughs> you know, 100 in May, late May is probably not what they were really wanting. You know, no. a veteran you know, going, are we really kidding me? I've got to play this game at 12 o'clock where it's bright and sunny, too. <laughs> yeah. you, you know what though, I will say about the heat there? Because it's so dry, shade really matters. Yeah. So if you can find some shade, even when it's 100, Plus, yeah. the shade feels so much cooler there, something we don't get here. Yeah, and, and, and like when, it got, when the sun goes down, it cools off so much quicker than it does here, too. You know, it's, you know it could be 92 degrees in Phoenix, but it, you'll sit on a patio and have a cold one and eat your dinner and be comfortable. You know, in Dallas, <laughs> it's 11 o'clock and it's 94 degrees, you know, and steaming heat, you know, humidity. It's a whole new ball game. <laughs> Definitely so. Well, we do appreciate you guys listening to us on this episode number 28. We appreciate if you would subscribe to us on Rumble and also on all of our various, you know, YouTube. All you have to do is click on that um, little, little subscription there, man, and put that there. It'll let you know when the next episode is going to come out. Got some feedback from a couple of my buddies out in Sacramento over the weekend, and I appreciate you, Larry and Bob Stewart, hollering at me about the my LeBron James um, rant from a couple weeks back <laughs> about him not being a top <laughs> five player. <laughs> but we like that. We really appreciate if you do kind of you disagree with us, man. Feel free to tell us that. Think we're idiots? Tell us. We don't care about that. We just want to try to bring out some content for you guys, some opinions, and try to keep politics as much as we can out of this loop here. But it would help us out if you would subscribe to us. Tell your friend, listen to us when you walk your dog, go to the gym or in the car. We generally try to do it for about 45 minutes to an hour each week. So 
My man, Billy, we've been doing this from the beginning. I just, oh, I did want to say this before I go on. I want to thank Danny Vaughn last week. He was terrific with the, um, with the Negro League and the Jackie Robinson information. I got oh, some feedback yeah. from a lot of people on that. They really loved the wealth of knowledge that Danny had on that. So he was our first inaugural guest on the Balls of the Wall. So, you know, it's kind of nice that he hit a home run out of the park. It's going to set that set that bar really high for the next vet guest to come on here because he was really, really good. And um, also I wanted to say that next week we may try to get, if you remember the Balls of the Wall, we started off with Nick Harris being the um, moderator for us. And he went on to get really busy with his 247 UT site, recruiting site. Well, he got a new job now with Rivals, the big um, company Rivals that does all the recruiting side on basketball, football, the whole shooting match. He's going to now do a regional deal. So I just kind of want to pick his brain a little bit for a few minutes and congratulate him on that. Here's a guy that worked extremely hard since he was 10, 11 years old. I mean, he hadn't even graduated college yet. and He's got a lot of things starting to really boom for him. And you guys will be able to say, hey, we saw this guy when he was 19 years old, you know, on balls of the wall when he's in front of an ESPN mic in about three or four years because he's really that talented and really that good. So I hope to have him on next week for balls of the wall. And Billy, let's talk about this tournament. I think that you and I, we got lucky a couple of weeks ago before the tournament actually started. We both said that there clearly wasn't a number one team we thought in the country going into this tournament. It kind of played out that way. Yes, I do know Duke is a number two seed. I do know that Kansas and Villanova <clears throat> were highly ranked. But was you know we almost got to a point where it was going to be the first time that we did not have a number one seed in the Final Four. And Kansas did do, you know, with the win the other night, got us off of that. But it didn't play to the chalk that a lot of us thought that was going to do. But it led to some really exciting basketball games, Billy, where I thought, this year, more than any, maybe any other, it was just exciting from the opening game and up until that St. Peter's game on Sunday night, which kind of got, you know, Cinderella definitely lost a slipper a little last <laughs> night. Um, but still to have a 15th seed get to a regional final is just, you know, un, you know, unreal at that point, elite eight game. I mean, that's unreal. But Billy, from your standpoint, you and I both said we enjoy this time of year. You, you got your money's worth, man, the last couple of weeks. Oh, absolutely. You know, on our predictions. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I literally only have half of one of my teams in the final four because I couldn't, I couldn't pick against my Texas Tech Red Raiders. So I put Tech slash Duke yes, down did. there. And so I only got 0.5 right of my final four and you know and i after watching these games i'm not even a bit ashamed i'm like you know what this has been great this has been exciting to watch and, and coach k needs to be there i mean with his career if if i said duke north carolina right yeah. When, when, when you roll back the clock to the 80s yes. and, and start thinking about that, <laughs> as, as opposed to the coach whose every game could be his last, right? going up against 
a coach going for his first national championship. Yeah. Not only that's the first time this is ever Duke in North Carolina has ever met in the final four, you know, which is to me is a, you know, staggering. How could that happen? Yeah. Considering that I think North Carolina has the lead of 23 final four appearances now and Duke, you know, obviously with their tradition out since coach K has been there, you know, it's surprising that they never have met, you know, when it's the final four, you know, that's, that's really ironic there. Um, Hubert Davis, let's think about this, though. Just, you know, roll back the clock a little bit. Hubert Davis was on a lot of heat, you know, back in January and December with the team that was kind of going up and down at North Carolina. You know, they lose to Pittsburgh by 20-something, nine points at home, who's lost 21 games this year. And, man, the the message boards were unkind to Mr. Hubert Davis, who, by the way, (laughs) was one of the nicest guys that you'll ever meet as Hubert Davis. So I really felt bad that he was getting that kind of heat, you know, especially not even being on the job for a year yet. (laughs) But, you know, but the other guy across the business, Coach K, he had that heat for the first three years. He took over the Duke job where they were wanting to get rid of him. So maybe it's kind of just, you know, catching that heat kind of maybe inspires people to do better things, you know, be better than what they actually are sometimes. And you have to give both of them credit. You know, Duke loses that heart, that, that heart gut-wrenching game at home, the last game Coach K and Cameron Indoor Stadium to these Tar Heels. And then now you say it again. He's at his another. He's at another Final Four in the last year of his career. And how big would it be to actually go to the final game and beat your cross-time rival, the North Carolina Tar Heels, in the same year? I mean, it's pretty storybook, isn't it? Yeah. No, it is. And it, it either either way, it's going to be a great story. And I got to admit, I I'd like to see Duke in the final. It's just that swan song would be amazing, but hey, the way these games are going, there, there's no telling what's what's going to happen. And kudos to your Texas Tech bunch. I mean, last week, that game last Thursday, I was at a real estate event with my better half, and so I, I had to roll tape on these games. And But this day and age of um, um, notifications, it's kind of hard to – keep the score away (laughs) as my my Gonzaga guys were playing going down at the time and I steadily had a quick trips over to the nearby bar that was there (laughs) to soothe my wounds I became a big Texas Tech fan and I got more wounds so I have to admit I had a big 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 um, NCAA tournament hangover last Friday and it wasn't from the alcohol that I it was gut wrenching because your Texas Tech boys gave Duke everything they could imagine, and it took a seventy-one percent effort from the field in the second half from Duke to win that game against Texas Tech. And you know, you can't give the job he has done over there in Lubbock enough credit. If he's not one of your national finalists for Coach of the Year, oh, then you're not watching. You're not watching basketball then. I mean, but for no, no, and after what happened, yes. Beard leaving, decommitting kids, and and him just getting to work, putting this together, and being here, it, it is unbelievable. Yeah. Oh my, looky there, a, a home run by Seiya Suzuki. 
the, he's got a great the, arm, but that's Japanese pencil star. Hey, he signed for a lot of money. He signed for a lot of money, though. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he signed for a lot of money. Uh, and, and you know, let's go back. I'd like to go back here a little bit. I feel bad for Villanova. I don't know. I don't know if any team has been more cursed and blessed at the same time for getting an injury before the big games start. I mean, last year, Villanova's best player, he, he tears his um, Achilles right before the NCAA tournament starts. Then you get Justin Moore. He tears his he, te, uh, te, he he tears no he tears his Achilles with 35 seconds left in the game, Billy. You know, I mean, you're talking about probably your second best player, Jay Wright. I mean, I I not a lot of people here in the South talk about him, but Jay Wright is one of the best coaches to ever be ever coached this game on the college level. I mean, he's he's already won two national championships here in the last five, in the last six six years, and he does pro, he probably gets more from less each year on a high level on a high level, and he gets those kids that are a high level to play at a high level, which is kind of hard sometimes. They even get better. You know, he's the kind of guy that you know you see guys getting better in the program, and his players don't generally leave after one or the second year. They stay around three to four years. So. I think that does give him an upper hand, but man, you got to feel bad now. When you're going into that game against Kansas, where you're really under, you're under, you're under, you're under, you know, under man now a little bit going into that game. And Kansas has played extremely well here in the last six weeks or so. Well, okay, and then look at this stat: <laughs> in their last five against Kansas, Villanova mm -hmm. is five and zero. Oh. So I mean, a great stat. Is, yeah, it's a great I mean, stat. <laughs> That's a great stat. Because the odds are against them, or they own them, and regardless of who's hurt, they got them. I wow. It's well, I'm thinking that Kansas, um, you know, Kansas is back. You know, this is Bill Sells' fourth Final Four since he's been there. Obviously, Roy Williams took Kansas there, I believe, twice. You know, Final Four. I mean, Kansas is one of the blue bloods. But if you look across, you look at this Final Four. CBS has got to be just elated seeing four blue blood basketball programs lacing it up in the Big Easy, nonetheless, this weekend. Uh, the you know the the ratings going to go through the roof for that North Carolina Duke game, obviously, just because of Coach K and because that's one of the bitterest rivals that you'll ever know between those two teams. But Kansas and Villanova, I mean, they've got a bunch of pedigree there also. So, I mean, either way you look at it, CBS has got to be happy knowing that their national championship game on Monday doesn't have to compete against baseball. They're going to have a pretty high number <laughs> come next Monday for sure. Hmm. Wow. And I also think that it's and for me, I know that um, Duke is a four, four and a half point favorite over North Carolina. I think for North Carolina, they weren't expected to be in the final four. You know, there were some aspirations that Duke could get to the final four, obviously being a number two seed. North Carolina is playing with house money. So they could kind of play the same way they did at Cameron the last time because there was no pressure on North Carolina when they went into Cameron at the end of the regular season. All that pressure was clearly on Duke and Duke's players and Coach K and out over that being the last game. 
this time around, they kind of can play with a little bit of that house money again, can't they? Oh, absolutely. Why not? I mean, come on. I think so. It, it's kind of like every coach should look at the tournament like this. They don't get paid any extra for the extra work, right? So go out, have fun, let the guys do their thing, and enjoy it. You know, it's it's what it's all about. And there's worse cities to enjoy than the Big Easy. No doubt. I think that if you won on Saturday night, it's going to be really hard to keep your players from really enjoying the Big Easy on Saturday night. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, I think. You know, it's not quite the same post Katrina, though. I mean, no, it's, it's I got to admit. And, uh-uh. and well, I, it definitely one thing that would be different, though, this time around, I do believe you don't have to show the you still have to show a vaccination card to get into some places still on the strip. I know that was the way that's way this past December. And I had a friend that was there in February. That was still the case then. Now, I know that the CD, you know, I know that they've lacked some rules, the mask rules and things of that nature. But I know that New Orleans was one to make sure that they don't have another spike knowing that the you know the summer's coming up and their big prime tourist season was coming up and they want to make sure that that's you know i guess as clean as it possibly can be if bourbon street's ever clean um but yeah um i do think it's the duke invitational i think now that you know duke kind of grew up in the michigan state game they definitely grew up in the texas tech game you know being able to fight off you know it looked like you know a very good opponent in both both cases there coming from behind in both cases there to win that game um i do think that it would be duke and kansas in the finals and for me, I do think that Coach K will be cutting down the nets again for the first for the for the la- very last time as a Duke head coach. I know he's going to still be on the ledger at Duke after this. So if Duke ever wins it again, I guess he'll probably be some part of that. But he'll definitely be in the very big background of that on the administrative side. But um yeah, I mean, if you if you would have asked people a month ago if you thought Duke was going to win at all, I think people would have kind of said, I don't think so. But now they're the odds on favorite to win it all. And you have to give Coach K a lot of credit for getting those young kids to play as well as they did down the stretch, at least, you know, in clutch time. Yeah, you know, think about that, too, as a player. Because, you know, they're always having issues with their coach for one reason or another. Right. But in that moment, looking at that dude, knowing the hides on the wall that he has, you know, you're going to trust that guy, right? Yeah, exactly. You're going to trust that guy. And, and, and we saw it against my Red Raiders. For them to do what they did against that kind of defense. Yes. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I, I'll put Tech's defense against anyone in the country. And I don't think there's an argument that they're the best defensive team in the country. I don't even think there's a close second. I mean, I really don't. 
I, I, I really don't think, I really don't. And I mean, it's just an honest opinion there. Tech gets after you defensively and for you to shoot 71% contested shots. I mean, it yeah. wasn't like you were swinging the ball around and they were open. They were contested shots they knocked down. Dude, that's, yes. that's, that's huge. That was a huge statement game there because Tech, okay, somebody said this, and I think this is right. Maybe you'll believe with me on this. Tech didn't lose that game. Duke won it. You know, you know, there's a lot of situations. No, no, I, I, <laughs> I was not angry. I would after it was over, I did this. I I, I bowed my head to Coach K and the freaking Duke boys because it was wow. You know, that was special. It's Tommy Lasorda in 1977 where he just tips the hat from the last time that Reggie Jackson hits a home run. I mean, you just, there's just sometimes it's just not in the works for you to win it. And it takes a Herculean effort to get over that hump. And that's really, I mean, not to minimize it, but that's really what it almost was. Because, I mean, to shoot 71% from the, from the field, that's unheard of, you know, on, on any level. And then they went from the free throw line. I think they shot 83% from the free throw line in the second half. And you still only lost by what four? <laughs> yeah. There's the man, Billy. <laughs> There's a little the trophy. trophy right there. That's a beauty. And look at Tommy, Bowie Coon. <laughs> ah, nice. Yes, sir. Um, I do. I will. I will say that you know, um, in looking back in hindsight in the tournament, Billy, we kind of talked a little bit off the camera. I probably did not take in the fact that you had the fifth and the six-year senior playing in a lot of teams this year. You know, you had 24-year-old men playing against 18-year-olds this year. And, and, and the 18-year-old phenom may be a better basketball. I mean, athletically, he may be better than that 24-year-old. But that 24-year-old is a better basketball player because of his experience the last five and six years. And I think that's another reason why we had a lot of upsets this year. because the teams that kept their guys around for four and five years were pretty dang on tough out in this tournament. And the teams that had a whole lot of youth or just one person, they got beat because of it. And, um, you know, you look at St. Peter's, I mean, they had a lot of, they had a lot of five and they had some five and six years. The transfer portal was very good to Texas tech. Think about all the guys that came over there and had a wealth of experience. Um, North Carolina, you know, Brady Manick has played four years of college basketball. He comes over from Oklahoma as a graduate assistant and grad transfer in his fifth year. I mean, so you're talking about guys that had big contributions that had a wealth of experience as well. And I think that's played a big factor in a lot of these upsets this year from the little guy over the bigger guy. I do. And I don't. But in basketball, I think it, it is certainly more prevalent. Yeah. I think it's hurt baseball teams. I've, I've seen it. I, I watched it at the junior college level firsthand last year. Um, there were two teams in my area, McLennan Community College, uh, who stayed with the typical junior college method and, and kept with the young guys. Mm -hmm. I watched Grayson County, which right. 
they went with the older players. They had guys who who left Texas A and M and 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 bigger programs to come play there. And they literally had a 23 year old third baseman, a 24 year old first baseman playing junior college baseball. And I watched those two teams play each other in the first couple weeks of the season, and the older guys gave them a drumming. A month later, I see those same two teams play against each other and the youngsters put it on. Hmm. Then I start hearing more and more because I, I had players I was advising on each team. And sadly, the older players started becoming toxic in the dugout because they start to see the writing on the wall that I'm not getting drafted. My days are over. And when guys are going down like that, they want to take guys down with them. And it, it was neat that McLennan team that looked bad against the old guys the first time of the year ended up winning the national championship, you know? And, and so it was, it was a neat dichotomy to see. But I think in basketball, you probably don't have that problem as much because there are fewer guys. You're out on the floor. You're playing in front of that big crowd, that the excitement, the the NBA stuff. You probably always feel like, you know what? I'm a game away. The, the more notoriety I get, the bigger the stage I play on, the more I show them, the more I still have a chance. Whereas in baseball, the scouts that are at the games that are, when they're never talking to you, you realize, oh, my days are done. So I don't think it's as toxic in basketball, but I do think it is in other sports. Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point because it's it's no bigger it's no bigger stage the last two and a half weeks of college basketball for those guys. So I I mean, there's been a lot of money made and a lot of money lost <laughs> during the NCAA tournament because the bright lights are on, the big arenas are there, and you know who steps up and who doesn't. So I think you do make a good point because. I think it's easier for maybe one or two basketball players on a basketball team to stick around. But if you had a baseball team, you can't have seven or eight, you know, guys sticking around. It's just the growth of the team too, you know, at that point in time, because, well, you know, this more than me, you're not, you're not recruiting in your high school. You're not recruiting this, you know, the usual amount of high school kids to come into your program because you have less scholarship offers to offer to them. So that kind of squeezed the high school kid here the last couple of years because there's limited scholarships at that level. And then you had the reduction in the draft, you know, in the last couple of years, too. So, I mean, you know better than me. <laughs> you got a pot of a whole lot of decent players that had no place to go. No, no, absolutely. It, it's funny how, how easy some decisions look. From one angle, and then when you're in the middle of them, because that that coach at Grayson, I watched him just start. He was literally kicking guys off his team on a regular basis. You know, wow. he'd hear a guy say something or do something in the dugout, say, "You pack your stuff, get out of here." Well, guy might have been his his starting third baseman, you know, and he didn't care. He he started to realize what was going on, but uh this this is. This is that time of year. I, I just, it's hard not to be excited about this stuff. 
and you bring in the other element, the NIL now that's out there and available now too, that's the other dynamic that, you know, we haven't really gotten our hands around it to kind of harpoon this thing. But I read an article the other day about my beloved buddy, Drew Timmy. They said that he can make more money if he comes back to his senior year at Gonzaga from the NIL money than he would be as a second round draft pick in the NBA. And, you know, when you think about it, NBA second round is not guaranteed money. You know, it, it could be that way. You know, it really could. I mean, it's a, let's just say this. It's something that two years ago you never thought of. Now you actually have to actually have that in your little syllabus when you're trying to make a decision on if you should go pro or not. You know, it's, I, you know, it, wow. it, it, it's a dynamic that I just never envisioned that it would be this big. And I never envisioned that you would have that on top of the free transfer, you know, the free transfer every year, you're getting recruiting done now, you know, all over again, albeit you're not supposed to be recruiting during the season, you know, players, but you know, they are. I mean, it's almost now we're just legalizing what all the dirty stuff we used to do for the last 115 years of just giving players money. Under the tag, you know, so it's uh, (laughs) the hypocrisy of it, okay? As an agent and advisor, because that's the term I have to use when it is involved with, you know, (laughs) a college player can't have an agent, but he can have an advisor. It's It's the stupidest rule. They witch hunt us. Do, do does your advisor speak to teams on your behalf? If the player says yes, he can lose. He can lose his scholarship. Yep. He can lose his academic eligibility. I mean, it's a joke. But yet they'll let some guy start throwing them money that where they're considering not taking a draft pick to go to the NBA. Or it's a joke to me right now. It's just like, are you kidding me? I've I've never had a rule violation in, in over two decades. Right. And, and I don't want to because I don't, I don't want my guy to sign unless it's perfect, unless it's the right moment. Because, come on, most of them aren't ready. Most of them need more seasoning, whether it's physically, mentally. They, they, they're, they're little boys. They need to grow up. And college is great for that. And you but, know Billy better than I do. Even all these high school players that do sign in the pros, I mean, how many of them actually get to the big show? I mean, you know, every year we go through this scenario where, yes, this is the guy five years from now can be the cornerstone of your pitching staff. You know, here's the guy that's going to be, you forget Derek Jeter. And I mean, you look up and you go, huh, how many first round picks? Okay, for our local team. How many first-round guys in the last 10 years, first pick in the draft for the Rangers, have played for the Rangers? Not many. Well, here's the odds. Only 50% of first-round baseball players make it to the major leagues. That doesn't mean they stick. That means they get there. Cup of coffee, at least. (laughs) Okay, that's the first round where they're millionaires instantly, right? Of the draft. On a whole, only 
15 or less than 15% make it for that cup of coffee. Less than 9% has a four year career. Wow. Yeah. So that, that shows you how hard it is. But, you know, it's, I don't know. It, this NIL thing is going to get really crazy, I think, as we move forward. And it, it's just a rich getting richer. It's just going to help the big programs yeah. or, or, the, or the program who has the biggest boosters. Yeah, you're going to have a separation that's even more of a separation than you're getting now. You know, I, you know the, the analogy that I, that I always read this, the Super Bowl champion gets the last pick in the draft. The NBA champion gets the last pick in the draft. When Alabama or Georgia wins the, you know, the national championship, they get the number one recruiting class. You know, they get the number two recruiting class that year. So I go, you keep doing that, and that's the reason why you see a, a separation between this, and then you go get big, bad, po- deep pocket guy that says, all right, for every offensive, t- every offensive lineman that signs with the University of Texas, his IL deal is already $50,000 before he even graces the campus. Any University of Texas uniform? And you can't stop that? I mean, it's going to get a lot in that. And, and I don't want to get political, but I will say this. Congress getting involved in this is only going to make this worse. <laughs> and it's only going to make it worse. I'm not going politically at all this, but man... And you, you just think about when Congress has gotten involved in baseball over the years, man, what that has done over the years. I, I just don't know how you're going to be able to, you know. know. Yeah. I, I don't know how you've even it out because you can't tell a person that got a cap off at a certain amount of income. If you're in this free country that we're in, they can't cap your salary, can they? I mean, if somebody wants to give you $500 million, you, you take the $500 million. He wants to give you $501 million. Don't you just take it? <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you can curtail it. I don't know. I, I, all I got to say is, if I were Will Smith, I'd say, keep that politics out your effing mouth. <laughs> I said, keep that politics out your effing mouth. <laughs> Now, I thought you would say I might I might want to try a backhand instead of an open palm swing, you know. But... <laughs> and there's a situation. That was okay. When I first saw it, I thought it was a setup, right? I, I thought, okay, they're being funny, they're trying to get some attention. Until 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 Will goes ghetto and it starts screaming like that, right? Yeah. And that's when I realized, wow, that was real. And, um, you know, and it's funny because there's a part of me that likes that a man would defend his wife in, in a situation like that, especially when you know the whole story. But at the end of the day, this is a black tie event. The whole world's watching. And... Come on, Chris Rock didn't mean it like that. He didn't really realize what kind of shot he was taking. You know, how about you yell something first? 
Like, hey, stop talking about my wife. All right. Yeah. And then, and then when the cameras are off, then if you got to slap him, right? They take care of that after the event's over. They just they just meet in the hallway and say, "Hey, I appreciate what you said about my wife." If you got to go toe to toe, you go toe to toe, but you don't do it in that situation, right. and you almost look soft by slapping him. <laughs> you know, instead of, you know, I'd rather have just pushed him, and then you would have known. Okay, I'm pissed off. I want to punch your lights out, but I'd rather just push you instead of just slapping him. That's the problem that I had because it's demeaning to slap like that in the first place. But then for him, the funny thing is he laughed at the joke. He saw his wife wasn't laughing, and that's when he took that immediate, uh-oh, I shouldn't be laughing at this. <laughs> and that's when he yep. went rogue <laughs> because – he was originally laughing like everybody else was. And what if Wanda Sykes would have said that joke? Would Willa Smith gone up there and slapped her? <laughs> yeah, good question, right? I, I, I know that Will, I, I, let's just say this. They have a perplexing marriage anyway. Let's just be kind about it. You know, they have liberties in their marriages that a lot of marriages broke up over over the years. And so I don't understand why he took the high the high road on this, you know, situation as opposed to, oh, let's say guys uh, maybe um getting close to his wife. You know, I didn't understand why he took the moral ground on what Chris Rock said. But he's a comedian. These people get made fun of in Hollywood all the time. It's part of yeah. you having all the glory and money. You've got to be a little yeah. more thick-skinned than that, don't you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you, when you accept that role, you know that's part of it. I mean, and, and everybody's open game to a comedian except the only time I get offended is when it's somebody who's deceased. Yeah. You know, I, I don't like, I don't like hearing guys take shots at my father or Mickey man or, or anybody that they can't defend themselves. Sure. You know, absolutely. absolutely. That's one thing. But the sad part don't about that on, is don't stomp on a dead man's grave is what I call it. Don't ever. Yeah. I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, I don't think Chris Rock really had a clue why why she was bald, why she'd shaved her head. He didn't do the research, and you know, once again, come on, man. And I, and I like how he apologized when he's accepting his award. Meanwhile. He's tarnished all the people that have gotten reward, the awards at the event because nobody's talking about them. You know, that Monday morning, everybody's talking about the Oscar winners, right? I don't remember right. anybody talking about the Oscar winners this past Monday. <laughs> all they were yep. talking about was Will Smith and Chris Rock and Mean Central was all that you saw Monday in between them. And so, yes, he took away a moment that, you know, some people will never get again, 
You know, I mean, you can't you can't go get it back. And the apology was so lame, he had to come back, you know, the next day and say two apologies basically to Chris Rock. And let me ask you this: when has it become chic to apologize through Instagram? I mean, huh. <laughs> I mean, is that the new forum now to find your apologies now? Is Instagram? <laughs> I don't. I mean, there's a show called TMZ. You can put a video and send it to TMZ with the apology. I assure you, TMZ will hit more, more homes than Instagram will. I assure you. I said their website and their on their channel and being on TV seven days a week. But not only that, the bottom line is why did he not apologize to Chris Rock when he basically apologized in his acceptance speech? You know, he should have apologized, he should have included him then. I think it would have felt more, I think it would have been more real at that point in time. Yep. I think it was more collected and you know collaborated after the fact you know, 40-something hours later. So, I mean, it loses some of its touch to me. Oh, well, it, but you know what? Taking a step back and looking at it, <laughs> I, Chris Rock has, has blown up since that moment. Um, he's right now the maybe the hottest celebrity on the planet. Six sold out shows. Cool. Six sold-out shows for Chris Rock since this has happened. <laughs> and I can't wait. What's he gonna add about this in his shows? I mean, I mean, he's got to show that moment over and over again. And so yeah. after you after you ice the fresh prints on your face, you take it all the way to the bank in the next ten days afterwards. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome, man. Well, man, guys, we do appreciate you listening to us. We'd love for you guys to subscribe to us on Rumble and YouTube. And I'll hit all of our, hit all of our social media. We're on Twitter. We're also on Facebook. Um, you know, please, you know, hook us up. Tell us what you like, what you don't, what you dislike about our program. Like I said, my buddy's out in Sacramento. I appreciate y'all listening to me and telling me I didn't have a clue about LeBron James. That's another story now there. We got the NBA playoffs coming up. and. LeBron James is now probably going to miss the playoffs. That's <laughs> the way things are going on right now. And he's only won four world championships out of being there 10 times. But, yeah, he's the best player. I, I'm, I'm sure of it. But um, that's another story for another day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, man, Billy, I know you got to get, man, I appreciate you hanging in there with me. And we'll, get, we'll be back here next week. Hopefully we'll have Nick Harris on for a few moments. Enjoy the final four. It's it is loaded with talent. Send Coach K off. Either you're a hater like me or a lover like Billy Martin. You're gonna be a stop down for that that game on Saturday night with the um, with the Tar Heels is a instant stop down. Hope we get another instant classic out of it. The tournament has not disappointed at all. Hopefully the next three games are gonna be just as exciting too. Um, we appreciate you listening to us on Balls of Wall, episode number 28. We will see you guys next week. <laughs>